0: Welcome to episode number 34 of the Grab Blogger podcast. This is the podcast where we're helping academics change the world through online business. We're helping you, the listener, create an online business, a side hustle, all around your expertise and your research experience so you can change your life and also change the world with your level of expertise through podcasting, video, and blogging online, building an online business through that. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we are talking about direct email campaigns, Specifically, we're going to be talking about why is direct email you know, such an important way to go, why is it such a good conversion method or good conversion tool to use in your business, we're going to talk about why it's near and dear to my heart, and we're going to talk about what a direct email campaign might look like, Then I'm going to get into five tips from an email campaign that I've been running just over the last couple of weeks for the Digital Dust Safety Conference, which is an online event that I'm hosting through Dust Safety Science next year. So before we get into, you know, what is a direct email campaign, I want to talk a bit about this event. I don't think I've talked about it on the Grab Blogger podcast before, but this is an online event that we're hosting next year. It's multiple days, four in total, actually. It has two days of industry conferences and presentations and education and training, and that's a two-day research conference after that. So it's really thought, you know, the practical pointy end of the stick, if you will, of companies that are doing industry training, and education for people that are in industries handling combustible dust, people that are in industries that are involving fire and explosion safety, health and safety managers, different groups like that. And then we'll expose them to the research conference as well, which is really a nice you know, coupling effect that just hasn't been there in my industry previously. And maybe if you think back to your industry that you work with or your research field, maybe you don't see that couple and relationship with industry. So this is one of our ways of actually getting that. It's by hosting this large online multi-day event there's going to be more than 60 speakers in total, probably more like 75 or 80 speakers once we get all the registration done, and that's happening in February of 2020. So you'll probably hear a lot about this coming up over the next several months. Um, as I talk about the lessons that I learned in selling this thing and delivering it and marketing it and keeping people engaged, just building out the whole platform itself was a really interesting thing, and we'll probably get into that pretty detail in a later episode, but I want to talk about this first step, which is actually bringing people in. So it's part of the you know the marketing process, but it's a very specific part, and it's using direct email. So just by way of you know referencing this this event, we're hoping to have at least a thousand participants. Again, it's going to be multiple days. Um, ticket prices range anywhere from two hundred to five hundred dollars a ticket, depending on what kind of presentations are being done. And so it's you know a really big event. It's a really big possible revenue generator for. Safety Science for grab Blogger. I just want to give you an idea of the kind of scale that's going on. So this doesn't have to be an event that you're selling. You could be selling a product. You could be selling a service or a mastermind or a coaching program. But all these are really great to start with direct email. One, because it's you know low energy and low cost of setup. You just start emailing people. Two, you can kind of feed back into it. And as you learn things, change the emails that you're sending out. And we'll talk about in the tips that are coming up. And three, you know, it's just a a really great conversion tool. You'll have much higher conversions than a funnel with a lower-priced product and, you know, a a kind of Ascension model where you're bringing people through. If you just direct email to what you want them to do, you'll have way better conversions. And we'll talk about what my conversions look like before we dive into the actual tips for this episode. So if I haven't already sold you enough, maybe we'll talk a bit about why direct email. If you go online and look up, you know, marketing strategies for your blog or your business today, you're likely to find a lot about funnels, about conversion techniques, about sentient models and, you know, bring people in. But it turns out that just actually emailing people is a great way to get feedback for your product and to sell it or even your service. So I I've, I've talked to a number of people in different communities I'm part of that I've asked about, you know, this process and of actually emailing people about your products and something that's really near and dear to my heart. This is how I built my online business that does safety science. The very first sponsors I brought on were for direct emailing companies and asking them if they want their logo shown in my newsletter. And it was a very high rate. People were very engaged. I would just get on the phone and talk to them if they want to talk about what it was. And it was really easy to bring people in that way. It's really scary to do, but actually setting up was really easy. And I'll, I'll give an example the second monetization method that I used was you putting company logos in a report that I was writing. At that time, I emailed 15 companies to have a logo on a page. It was uh, three logos by five, so three columns by five rows. I emailed 15 companies and 15 companies got back to me and said yes. So I had a 100% close rate on 15 emails. Um, and then I knew I was really onto something with this, this direct email. So that, for example, I think that was $150 or $250 a logo. So that one sheet, you know, brought in multiple thousands of dollars just from these 15 emails. So that's a, you know, the number one reason why direct email is so powerful is the conversion rates are much, much higher. But there's other benefits. You know, you're going to get to talk to your actual audience if they email you back with some concerns or some objections, you can talk about that. You can actually offer to get on the phone and talk about what you're doing. So this is a, you know, a really great way to get out there and market your product and service, but also to get insights about your product and service and how the market's seeing that. So then what does a direct email campaign look like? So I actually talked about this way back in episode two of the podcast, talking about three steps to build a community around your blog. And I specifically talked about doing expert opinion roundup and that expert opinion roundup that I did back then—I think it was maybe—I sent sixty emails and had thirty people reply, and then posted their opinions or their, their response to a specific set of questions as a big, you know, pillar blog post on my website. Something that was really popular and still gets a lot of clicks today. So go check out that episode. I believe in that episode specifically the you could download the actual email that I sent to the 60 people. So the direct email campaign that I I sent, the template for that is available as a PDF download from that episode. And that will show you, you know, what a direct email campaign looks like. If you don't want to go download that, um, I'll just go through some of the steps here. The first step is to create a template email. So that's, you know, there's an example there in episode two of the podcast. And then in this episode, episode 34, I'll actually include the template email that I sent from my, online conference that I'm running now. So the exact email that I've been sending for the last two weeks while I'm getting people into this conference, we'll include that as an email template. You get that at grabblogger.com slash uh, 34. There should be a way there to, to get that uh, material as a cheat sheet or a, you know, a template that you can use for your business. So a direct email has you know this template email that you create. I mentioned some tips in episode two. You want to keep the personalization a little bit low so you don't make a mistake by putting somebody's name you know, and then the wrong company. If you have like 10 places you have to change in the template, then you're going to make mistakes. It's actually funny though, the first person that responded to my this email campaign was from a mistake. I emailed and said the wrong name with the wrong company and then I emailed back once I realized and apologized. And they emailed me back and said, hey, we'd love to be involved and no problem about the name mistake. So maybe you could see, sneak some mistakes in there if you wanted to get an immediate response. But that's one of the reasons to keep a low you know, low personalization in the template. And then the other big thing I mentioned in episode two is that you need to do a follow-up email. And we'll talk in this episode, that's you know one of the tips that I give, but it's really important. So you have this template, you get an email list, you create a list of people that you know, um, and you send that email out in small batches. So send it to five people, see how it performs, make any adjustments, send to another five people, send to another five, and go through your list that way and just sell your, your product or service in that email. So again, at grabblogger.com slash 34 for this episode, you can get the exact email that I sent in the campaign that I'm talking about today. So what is the campaign so far then before we get into the tips? Well, I sent my first email on October 8th. At the time, recording is October 28th, 2019, and I've actually sent 50 emails. So these are 50 emails that were personalized, directly sent out to contacts that I know from my field or companies that I know that work in my field, kind of my, you know, the Rolodex that I built up. Do you need a Rolodex to do this? No. No. I did this way back with companies that i just been on my email list when I was bringing out sponsors. And I've done it before for, you know, even looking at conferences that I go to and the people that are involved there, the researchers, I'll send emails to them about research aspects. And that's actually how I got some of the contacts for the current list that I'm sending from. So I was sending for just over two weeks. Uh, We sent out 50 emails. And so far, the response then for the conference is we have 11 people registered and 13 people have responded positively. So that's a total of 48% of the people that we reach out to have, have agreed to present at the conference and or have already registered. We have another 12 people, so another 24% that are thinking about it, but they haven't come back to us yet. So almost 75% of people that we emailed for a $200 to almost $600 registration to present at our conference have you know, responded back either favorably or have already registered. So this is a huge number. You wouldn't see this if you built a funnel. You'd be talking about, you know, fractions of a percent or, you know, one, two, three, four, five percent. But a direct email campaign is really great, especially if you establish authority in your space already. But it's even really great if you haven't done this. I, I mentioned the, you know, the case of the instant report where I had logos on my on a single page there. We had hundred percent close rate, 15 out of 15. So it just shows that, you know, if you're creating something amazing, putting it into the world, people respond to that and direct email is still the best way to reach that group. So we've had um, almost 75% of people respond that they're interested, that they're really interested and that they're going to register soon or that they have registered. Uh, we've had four out of the 50, so 8% respond negatively and 10 out of 50, so another 20%, you know, not respond at all, even with the follow up email. So that's 25% haven't responded or that don't want to present and 75% that we think are going to actually end up presenting. And just after, even after only two weeks, we had a quarter of those already registered at the event. So just coming back to why direct email, again, this is the highest conversion you're going to have. You're not going to have numbers better than this by having a landing page and sending traffic to it and, you know, paying for advertising or doing all this sort of stuff. Just email the people you know and ask them if they want to go to the thing that you're putting on or the product that you're selling or the service that you have. So those are the results we've had so far then for this specific direct email campaign. I want to talk about five tips that I've learned. So these are things that I'm learning just as we go. They're things that I've thought about maybe before, but have also just applied to this whole process. So, you know, I've sent 50 emails to 50 different people over the last couple, over the last two and a half weeks, to attend and present at this conference. Um, and we'll include links to the show notes at grablar.com 34 to the conference itself. Um, I think we have links in the cheat sheet as well, but it's actually, you can find the event page at dustsafetyscience.com slash DDSC. That's for Digital Dust Safety Conference, and that's the, the name of the event. So let's get right into the tips then. I'm going to actually include some actions in these tips that you can use when you're thinking about your own email campaigns, or that you can even use when you're thinking about selling your, your products in general. So tip number one is to focus on benefits, not features. So the actual first email that I sent out to a couple of people, and maybe a bonus tip here is actually to do it in small batches. Don't email the whole list of 50 people right away, because you might have a mistake, or you might want to update or feedback information that they're giving you. So I sent a small batch out and wasn't getting a lot of responses. So this had me kind of bummed out, and I was trying to think about you know what what might be a mistake here. I was actually reading a book by Dr- Brian Tracy called The Psychology of Selling, and it reminded me that you know you should really focus on the benefits of something you're doing, not the features. So when I look back at my email, I talked about you know the fact that there were two full days of presentations, and um, that the online it was all in this online platform it was really nice, had a community forum, had all these features that I mentioned, but I wasn't talking about. You know how beneficial that's going to be to the research presenters or the industry presenters. And there's a really good example from the Psychology of Selling book from the you know physical selling world, like person to person. They talk about a spotlight. So imagine when you're selling, um, we'll talk about what this means in email in a second, but imagine if you're selling, the more times you're talking about you and yourself, imagine this big spotlight that switches between you and the person you're talking to. So when you're talking about you and the features of your product and that, it's on you when you're talking about the benefits or asking them questions and getting their feedback, it focuses on them. If that big spotlight, if you're in this black room, you'd really notice it or this dark room, you'd really notice it on you. If it's on you more than it's on them while you're talking, then you're not doing a very good job selling and making them see themselves in the solution that you're presenting. I thought about this in terms of my email and realized that the spotlight would almost be entirely on me. I'm talking about the features of what we're doing, why we're doing it, why it's important, but I'm not actually relating to the benefits that it serves for the audience. So, a couple things here that I kind of noticed, and actually, I'll mention you know, here a good way to think about this is actually make a, a big list. So, go through and make a list of all the features of what you're doing or what you're selling. And then, a second column, draw a big line between the two. And a second column, write the feature or the benefit from that feature. So, what does your audience get from that? So, I actually made two columns one for industry presenters. And one for research presenters, and said, "Okay, you know, it's a it's an international event or it's a global event. What's the benefit for industry presenters, and what's the benefit for research presenters? Okay, it can be done. It can be recorded and shown online, or is going to be recorded and shown online inside the conference platform. What's the benefit for the presenters themselves?" Actually, you'd switch the email up so that I t- focused on these benefits. So things like you know, connecting and sharing your research. Uh, maybe even experience presenting. I don't even know if I include that one in the email. That's probably a really good one for academics is that you're you know, saying your graduate students will get research in presenting their work in front of a, a real audience and even a global audience. That'd be a great benefit to highlight. So you want to think about that. What are features that you're talking about? What are the benefits of that? Benefits for industry presentations are that since it's being recorded, they can do this once. Do their presentation and this will be live and played to people over the next six months to a year as we have it on the platform as people keep coming in and watching replays so it's something they do once and they get access to the benefits for a long time that might be something that's worth sharing so that's tip number one focus on benefits not features of what you're selling it applies in you know person-to-person selling but also applies in direct email campaigns so tip number two is to focus on key objections so here you want to talk about specific things in your email that they may be having seeing as objections. So the action here is to actually just make a big list of the objections that you think they may come up with. Time, money, effort, these are all, you know, common objections that you hear. So in case of price or the the cost associated with this, I said right in the email, no, there's no travel or lodging required for presenting at this online conference. So, you know, it's going to be a lot cheaper than than doing something else. So somebody may be concerned that it's a couple hundred dollars to register, but when you compare that to you know a real physical conference, you have to pay to actually send the people and food and lodging, it's it's much cheaper. So if an ejection is priced, I focus right on that. And this is another great reason to do these small batches. So email a small group, get some feedback, and then include that. Some things that came up when I emailed the first the first research groups I didn't expect were things around not having research to present. And I fully intended to allow this to be a place where people could present, you know, work in progress or something they've even previously presented or published. There's no paper. It's not an academic publication. It's just, you know, you give a presentation on some work that you're doing. So actually included that right in the email as well. It doesn't have to be something brand new and novel. It can be something you've already done. And the real goal here is to share that out to a totally different audience than would traditionally be at an academic research conference. So this key objection of, I don't have anything ready, if I address that rate in the email, it kind of removes it from them before they can even discount it in their head. So that's tip number two, focus on key objectives and address those in your email. You should see some examples of that in the template swipe file that I, I created for this uh, episode, which you again, again can get at grabblogger.com slash 34. So tip number three is to give a really specific off-ramp on what to do next. So once you say, okay, the cost is this, I don't even like saying if you'd like to do this, like saying, you know, the next steps are to do this, this, and this, or just to do this, and then this and this will happen. Give a really specific off-ramp to what they need to do next, so the chance of them just shelving it and putting it away are really, really minimalized. So you want to make it really easy. In my case, it was simply click on this link and register here, fill in your information and fill your credit card details, and you'll go ahead. And a good story on this is I had I had one person who I'd sent a follow up email and they agreed that they wanted to present. Um, and I emailed a couple weeks or a week later and they still uh, hadn't registered. And then you know I emailed them a couple of days later and still hadn't registered. The biggest problem was the fear of the amount of time. And I just said in the email, you know, the third or fourth follow up email, I said, "Oh, this will only take five minutes to register, and then you'll be in and everything will be done. We don't need anything else from you." They said, "Oh, you should have just told me it took five minutes," and they went and did it right away. So it's literally, they were one of the first people emailed, and it took them almost two weeks to get in. And that's all I had to say was that it only takes five minutes to go through the next two pages. So, you know, give an off ramp on what to do next. And again, feed in those objections. So tip number four, and this is of critical importance if you're gonna be doing direct email, is to send a follow-up email. So in the example that I give, the template that I give, I have the second email that I sent. And it's really basic, so it's not pushy. Um, actually pull it up it just says uh dear name i just want to follow up on the presentation opportunity at the 2020 digital dust safety conference if your group is not interested in the current time feel free to ignore this email i just want to touch base if you are interested as we opened up registration to our general email list a couple days ago thanks again i look forward to talking soon chris so that's a really simple follow-up email and i send that two days after the original email why two days? Because I want to get people going through the process. If they're on the fence, I want them to get off the fence. If they're looking to register, I want them to start that process. When you're sending 50 emails, you kind of need to get people through the whole process as fast as they'll go. You kind of need to I don't know, follow up and and kind of give them a little pat on the back as they go through. So I just sent two days later. I've never had anyone respond negatively saying, hey, don't send me an email. And actually, most people respond really favorably and said, oh, I really want to be involved. I'm happy you sent the reminder. I meant to do it. I just ran to something else and closed that that." page on my web browser. So you really want to send the follow-up email. And the reason why is that it will tremendously increase your sales. So actually, I've been tracking the follow-up emails and responses. So again, we sent 50 emails over the last two and a half weeks. 10 of these were non-responses. So each one of those, we sent a follow-up email and then still had no response. Um, But we actually sent an additional 13. Just looking at the math here. Yeah, 13 follow-up emails. Nine of these have indicated that they want to present and that they're either have registered already or they're going to. Two of them are kind of in the group of that they're they think they want to present but they got to follow up with other people. And two people responded negatively. So we sent exactly 23 reply emails, made it an additional eleven sales. So fifty percent of the follow up emails were sales. And two other people that are still on the fence that they're or two other people that responded negatively rather that aren't coming. So our total sales then right now are 24, and 11 of those came on the follow-up email. If we didn't send that follow-up email, we would have been missing out on doubling people that we had registered for the conference. So I'm going to say that again. If you don't send a follow-up email, you may be missing out on double of your sales. And this is something you see constantly if you you know follow this sort of stuff on online marketing and business. The... The money is in following up on the people that you're emailing and sending that email through. So it's really kind of scary. You always think that people are gonna come back negatively and they never do. I've sent probably that same email that I just read out. I must have sent that 500 times in the last three years to including you know sponsorship opportunities for incident reports, the advertising membership and industry directory for dust safety science, other things I ran, the 50 that I've sent for this conference I guess only 22 only sent everybody else replied, but I've, I've probably sent hundreds of that same follow-up email. I um, just want to follow up on this opportunity. If you're not interested, feel free to ignore this email. I just want to touch base. If you are interested because we're doing this, that means that it may um, go away after a short period of time. That email has doubled my sales through Dust Safety Science over the last three years. Critically important to send that follow-up email. I'll mention one more thing about the follow-up email. And I said it a, a bit before, but it actually speeds up the process. Those people that are, you know, that would come in anyway, they come in a little bit quicker. And again, when you're sending these direct email campaigns for other things, this has more of an automated credit card payment, but for the advertising, the incident report, and that sort of stuff, we actually have to send an invoice, get that invoice paid, follow up when the accounting department doesn't pay for the invoice and all of that process actually adds weeks onto this timeline. So if we have this really slow part at the start, it you know it can take forever to to get that money in from what we're doing. So it's another important thing to follow up is that it you know speeds people up that are already going to pay and gets them through your system a little quicker. So the tip number five is to and this is the final tip that I'll give for doing a direct email campaign. This is to set aside an appropriate amount of time. It takes a lot of time to email 50 people that have 50 interactions to have follow-up emails and replies, to do phone calls, to talk about the product and service that you're selling, to take that feedback and synthesize it. It takes a lot of mental effort. You're probably going to have to block off every morning you know, for at least a week, maybe two weeks, to go through this process. Uh, I mentioned this probably back in episode two when I talked about the expert opinion roundup because uh, that takes a lot of effort as well, sending those emails and following up um, and formatting the posts and that. But it takes a lot of effort to do these tracked email campaigns um, which is maybe another barrier that stops people from doing it, but it's totally worth it because it's much higher conversions than any other technique you can use for for your, growing your online business. Again, this is something that I've used over and over and over again through Dust Safety Science. The second reason that it's really important to put aside an appropriate amount of time is that you should really be gaining knowledge about your customer through the email responses they give you back, through responses to the follow-ups, through the objections that they have, the questions that they ask. You can feed that in and improve your email so that it's getting better over time, including things like focusing on new benefits, focusing on removing key objections. So I want to end this episode by talking about one last tip, and I'll give this as the bonus tip, and that's don't be a perfectionist. You can see in the email template that I included that you can download at grabblogger.com slash 34. It's not perfect. I'm actually not entirely happy with the off-ramp. It could have been a little bit easier, but I sent the thing out. I sent 50 of them out, and we've had almost... Uh, you know, a 50% positive rate and a 75% or another 25% of people that are, are looking to be involved and still trying to figure it out. So, extremely high closing. Even though the email is not perfect, it's not going to be perfect. It's better to get something out and get feedback and iterate. I also mentioned my first one isn't wasn't you know perfect either. It had mistakes. Whereas focusing on features and not benefits, and we improved that over time. So, the big thing is don't let perfectionism get in the way. Uh, jump in the pool and you know get that thing out there into the world. So that's it for this episode. As I kind of mentioned on the outset, you can apply these direct email campaign tips um, and just using direct email campaigns to any sort of part of your business. It doesn't have to be online event like I'm doing here, but it could be a service that you're offering. It could be a product that you come up with, um, a membership, coaching courses, whatever it is, coming up with a list and direct emailing them specifically. It's a really high conversion tool and it doesn't require any technology to get set up. You don't need a Automatic email follow up sequence, or any of those really things that take a long time. And if you find yourself kind of in the weeds on those, you just got to ask whether or not you're there because you're scared of actually doing the hard thing, which is to ask somebody if they're, they'll pay for your product at the end of the day. So that's it for this episode of the Grab Blogger podcast. I hope you found this helpful. Again, this is how I've really grown my business over the last number of years. If you want to grab the email template, uh, again, this is the specific one that I used for this email campaign for this conference. The one that I used to reach out to researchers includes things like focusing on benefits instead of features, uh, removing key objections, the off-ramp, um, and the follow-up emails right there. So if you want that, you can get it at grablar.com 34. As always, you can download a PDF transcript of this episode also from that link. And I would encourage you, if you like this episode, to, to give it a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you're listening, um, tag me on social media with any questions at Grab Blogger on Twitter and Instagram. If you have any questions on anything that you'd like to see in the podcast, we actually just did one of these episodes last week where we talked about uh, listener questions and went through that. If you have any questions of your own, go to grabblogger.com/ask. ASK and you can ask them there and we'll actually answer them directly here on the podcast. So I want to say have a, have a great week ahead. I'm really forward to continuing to help you build your online business as an academic in the world and create the change that you want to see in your life and around the world with your research and your experience.